I'm gonna keep it with mine, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I keep it right here? Here we go. Oh, we'd like to say good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Bonnet, your host. We each and every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. right here on KNON 89.3 FM, the voice of the people. <clears throat> we sadly announced the homegoing of Miss Ruby Steen. She's the mother of Brother Ike Steen, who co-hosts this uh, show sometimes. And uh, we today at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. this morning, uh, this will be at, um, what is it, Laurel Land? And uh, it's right there at I-35 and Redbird. I-35 and Redbird is 1 and 10 o'clock. The ongoing service runs Ruby Steam. <clears throat> also, I'm deeply saddened um, to announce the homegoing of a young man, a rapper, and <clears throat> his real name was Zarius Vaughn. That is rap name. Uh, I can't think of it right now. And that's sad because Zarius is my grandson. And uh, he died on last Saturday about the time we were on the air. He died. And uh, it's uh, deep, 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 deep sadness. You are real grown folks. You older grown folks call it like that. Y'all know that you uh, love your grandchildren more than you do your children, really. That's the truth. Most people don't, young people don't believe it. Nobody believes it until it really happened to your grandchildren. They are so special to you. And uh, he'll be buried next Saturday. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. All right, at the eternal uh, rest of funeral home there on uh, Hampton Road and in DeSoto. He'll be there next Saturday, 11 o'clock. And I'll get more information on that. Give you his name. His, uh, you know, his uh, Keezy. That's his rap name. Keezy. A lot of you young people know him. And uh, they play this music on K104 and other rap stations on there. So, that'll be next Saturday. Funeral for Keezy. All right. Well, we got a lot of things going on. A lot of things to talk about. Our guest this morning will be Miss Eddie Bernice Johnson, the Congresswoman for District 30. That's basically Oak Cliff, South Dallas, a lot of, lot of our area she represents. And uh, coming on my birthday, November 3rd, uh, was going to be the day that we'll find out what's going on. I guess we'll find out. Because 
it seems like Trump is trying to trump up the opinion that if he loses, the only way he can lose is the Democrats have to steal the election. Well, we know better than that. Uh, he really don't want to leave the White House. He should not have been such a horrific president. Oh, my God. He's, I don't know. I, I, never, I don't think anyone could have imagined him being that bad. Might not have thought he would be great, but, oh, man, this man has been a catastrophe in the White House. He's been uh, just just horrible, terrible. It's about his old cabinet, if not just, just about his old cabinet. All of them have been convicted of something, kicked out. He, his family, all of them uh, come under scrutiny to find, say, they... And being accused of doing wrong and all. This has been a terrible situation. These almost four years have been horrific. It's been terrible. It's been terrible. But you, the people, will have your chance to speak. And many of you have spoken already. Uh, you spoke uh, by going to the polls. Some of you were for him, some was against him. But this has been a, uh, I've never seen nothing like this. The man, I don't, I've forgotten, I, I quit keeping up with the number that these, uh, the press and people that have uh, resources to find out whether he's telling the truth or a lie. I don't know how many thousands and thousands of lies he just flat out have told while talking to the people. I don't know. Some say lie don't have to lie on some of them. But it just makes it better, feel better when you tell a good lie. I don't know. What do you think about this? Have this been a good four years for Trump? Or has it been a terrible four years for Trump? Has it been a good four years for America? Have this been a terrible four years for America? What do you think about this? What do you think? Have Trump been a good president? Or has he been a bad president. You, some of you just know how I feel about him. But I still let you who really praise him let the champion say. Let the champion say, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Why? How could this man how could this man have someone that really cares uh, and really think he's done a good job as president? What has he done? Oh, uh, some of you voted because he relieved some things that they had against him and 
uh, uh, certain things that he had released and allowed people to do things to, that the Obama administration had said can't do because it's not good for, you know, our, our, our climate and all different things. He, he released some of those things. And some people said they made money off it. They made money off of some of the things that he'd done. But has he done things to bring America to its consciousness? To bring America in its reality? He complains. He's here rioting in the streets. They're doing all of this. You vote for these Democratic presidents, these Democratic mayors and different Democrats, you'll have it all, these riots, riots in the streets. Well, who was president when all these riots were going on? I'm talking about since 2016. Who's been president? If things are all out of whack and all out of hand, well, is on, on his watch. What in the world? What kind of thinking? And you got people quoting that. Now we got to have Trump because we got to put an end to this violence and everything. Well, he's been president the last since 2016. Well, uh, really 2017, January 20th. And it's been on his watch. What makes you think he, he can cure anything? Uh, will he do anything more than just divide us? Well, 972-647-1893 is the number to call. 972-647-1893. All right, Jason, who do we have on the line? Our first call comes from Curtis. Curtis, all right. Good morning, Curtis. Well, good morning, Pastor. And it sounds like you off and running. And boy, you are <laughs> off and running. Well, we're trying to get rolling. Well, you ask the question, I'm going to ask you because I listen to you every week and I hear almost the same thing. People call in and they're complaining about Donald Trump. It's mm -hmm. like this is the Donald Trump station all of a sudden. So I got a question for you. I want to know, I mean, everybody seems to be scared of the boogeyman and we forgot all about that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. That's what I've been taught all my life. But all of a sudden, everybody's scared of the boogeyman. So I guess the devil is winning. So my question is to you and the listening audience, what has Donald Trump done to the black community that got us so serious? Well, I, 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 well, let's use your term, author. God is the author and, and finisher of our faith. But the devil is the author of confusion. And he's brought plenty of confusion into this country. I mean, he stirs up confusion. Unnecessary things are happening. It seems like people have, have, have become just accustomed and feel just downright comfortable mistreating other people because of the color of their skin or a different dialect and different things like that. It's there is no, uh, good thing has come out of Washington. No good thing since he's been president. He's been 
a man that really could not even debate Biden had to just keep racketing noise going and shot him down because he was trying to cover up the fact that he had nothing to say, nothing to offer. He's offered nothing as president. He hasn't done anything that's going to help this country. So what what worries could we have asked for? I mean, if we had a, written a script, written a movie about a bad president, I think you wouldn't have written one this bad because wouldn't anyone believe you. He said this was the corniest thing that I've ever seen in my life. But he's been well, just that me, bad. Let me say this. I'm 58 years old. I have heard this song and dance my entire life ever since I was able to vote. And I hear it every four years. Every four years, this voter die in the black community. Seems like we are the only ones that we wait until after, when it comes around the presidential election, we get spooked, we get scared, and then we run out and vote. And then I hear people online say we don't vote, but our records show that we vote in numbers. We continue to vote for the Democratic Party. We get nothing in return. But we continue to, we continue to go out and vote. We get a president in and then we cry for four years. Then we vote another one in and we cry for another four years. This seems to be a systemic thing with the black community. And we don't, I, I, I agree with Ice I know you probably heard that Ice Cube has probably talked to the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. The Democrats said they're going to wait. They don't even want to talk to the man right now. And all he's doing is asking, what are you going to do finally for the black community? Now, let me say this. We had a black president. We didn't, we didn't, we had Ferguson. We had all type of things. I heard you say this earlier, that all these riots and things of that nature started coming about. That was people coming in the street because they, they got tired of hearing all this stuff that's continuing to happen. But this stuff happened when, which was in office. Can I ask you something? Curtis, let me ask you something. Well, wait a minute. Wait, now, wait a minute. Hold up because we're going on too long. I, I have to conduct a show. So that's why I have to cut in. You don't want to listen to anybody, but you tell us the No, I listen. I've listened to you, and I got the gist of what you said. What year were you born? Curtis? What year does that happen? What does that happen? It has a whole lot to do with the statements you have just made. When you say nothing has happened, when you say nothing has happened with the Democrats, I want to know what year were you born? I was born in the 60s. Well, you see, that lets me know there are a lot of things you don't realize from which we come. Who has been the best president? Who has been the best president in the last 150 years for black people? Nobody. You haven't had a good president? You haven't had a president that that set up a bank for black black landowners to to get money? And then you had a Republican, I mean, a Democratic president to come behind him and wipe it out? Nobody. Nobody. You're saying nobody, but you're not giving any facts. But you ain't giving no facts. Okay, well, let me give you some facts. Let me give you some facts. Do, do you think he, there were, you had any dignity when you couldn't 
go into just a plain some store like McDonald's and everything and get something to eat? You had to go around to the back window to eat? Do you think there was any dignity in that? No. Well, that changed under a Democratic president. It changed under the greatest uh, president, and I know you don't hear this a lot, but it's the truth. The best president blacks have had ever probably in this country was Lyndon Johnson from Texas. He gave us some things that brought us some dignity and gave us, see, if it had things not happened when they happened in the 60s, I wouldn't be here on this air. Oh, we no. So the president that said that we're going to continue to vote Democrat for the rest of our life? Well, well, who are we going to vote for? It's not enough of us to have our own party. So why we not? have the Republican. Why, why is it not enough of us to have because our own Because we don't have enough people, uh, we don't have enough people to win an election. We would have to always integrate and correlate with others. This is why. But when we have things that we do have some influence in. We do have some influence. Democrats have to pay some attention to us, not nearly enough. No, they don't give us the revenue that we should get. They haven't given us reparations. I can name you a billion things they haven't done. But I can name a few things that they have did. And I can name some things that the Republicans, in few numbers, have helped us with. But basically, the Republicans don't even want you to vote. They're trying to steal your vote away from you. They're trying to do away with ballots and do it away with different things. And you said, let's go vote for them. They let you know. They let you know they don't want, they don't want anything to do with you. They, they say they don't need you. I'm only trying to give you a different perspective because it seems like every week is always about Trump this, Trump that, and nobody ever hears any other side, and you get upset because anybody says anything other. Okay, tell me the other side of Trump. So no, no, let me ask. Now give me another side of Trump. Listen, could you just calm down a little bit? Let me ask you the question. I don't have all morning for one call, man. I my 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 all my lines are filled right now. I I can't take up all day with one call. So go and say what you're gonna say. Okay, I'm gonna say. What is going to, I'm asking you a question. What's going to happen if, if Trump wins, if Trump does, if he wins, what are you going to do? Are you gonna what am I going to do? You going to leave the country? If he do good, I'll tell you. If he do bad, I'll tell you. Oh, God. Okay, have a great day. Well, you didn't have an answer for that? Oh, yeah. That's it. Uh, call us 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. All right, we're back, and uh, let's go to our phone lines. Who we have? Up next, we have a call from Bill. All righty. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Pastor Barnett. <laughs> Sorry about that. I lost my train of thought with Curtis. There. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my. I know which way he's leaning, so and that's yeah. okay. It's his right. Yeah, it's, it's his right to lean either way he want to lean. Yes, that's right. He, but, I'm, I'm sorry, he had no substance. 
he's just like the other Republican, just like a Republican Party that has no stuff. No. Nope. They don't tell you what they're going to do. All, all they tell you is what they're going to take away. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I just lost my favorite. But as far as Trump is concerned, you, you, the question was, uh, he's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. Nothing <laughs> but cause chaos and, 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 and division and whatnot. He, he mm-hmm. just, it just brought out the, the, the racism that still exists in the country. I mean, mm-hmm. it, 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 it always has. Yeah. And it just brought it out. And that's, that's what this fight is about. I mean, that, that's what the, that's what he thinks on. Well, had he, if he's a listen every week, had he been listening a week or so ago, he would have heard me say, there's a deep-rooted problem in America. And Trump brings it out. He knows how to bring out the worst in America. And th- those things, those things that are happening, he's bringing them out. This says there's such a deep-rooted problem called hatred, bigotry in America that he knows how to bring it out and let them have themselves a ball screaming and hollering, wanting, wanting to bring, make things back, take them back the way they used to be. See, people that lived before uh, the 60s, before 68 and uh, 65, 64, people that live before that time, they have no idea. They don't have any idea what it was like. They say that Democrats haven't done anything. Well, I'm not saying they, they, they brought the world to us and gave it to us. No. But nothing is not nearly as bad now as it once was in this country. Now, I'm glad you brought up Lyndon Johnson. He, 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 did, he did several things. He did things John F. Kennedy couldn't, could not have ever gotten done. Could never have gotten done. No, Kennedy would have never gotten his civil rights bill passed because he didn't know that's enough dirt on people to make them change their votes. Johnson right. did. That's what he was. And Johnson did. Yes, that's right. See, Absolutely right. See, the, the civil rights bill was going to die. The Republicans were going to filibuster. But there was one certain Republican that was going to kill the bill. Johnson gave him a call. Until this bigoted racist. Look, you, you, you're, you're, you're a daytime segregationist, but you're a nighttime integrationist. And I'll tell the world about your illegitimate black daughter. And, sh- and he sat down talking about Strom Thurmond. Yes. Lyndon okay. Johnson had that kind of power. He was that type of politician. Kennedy was not that I'm type of politician. I'm glad you bring this up. Because the, the, mm-hmm. the younger generation needs to know what... what, what they they, what they, they say what they what know, but, but obviously they've never learned. How bad no, things no, once were. Well, they're not perfect now, and they're far, far from it. But yeah. to compare today with going back in the 60s, and see, I was grown in the 60s. I was a teenager to grown in the 60s. Right. And I can remember it like it happened yesterday because this happened in my adult life. So, I mean, and when people say those things, they don't know what they're talking about. They're just, you no, know, garment. That's all. 
Mm-hmm. I was getting here at 60 also, and there was places that my parents told me I couldn't go, or maybe they didn't tell me. In fact, right. they didn't have to tell you. You knew you couldn't go back in the 60s. I knew I, knew, I, knew I couldn't go. Oh, I right. You know? Uh-huh. And, and they're just starting to that. But anyway, I just wanted to give you that opinion about Trump, Fletch uh, Barnett. I know you have other callers, so I'll hang up and listen. Um, we thank you. Thank you for your call. Thank you, sir. All right. That clears the line. 972-647-1893. Who do we have? This next call comes from Malcolm. Malcolm? Good morning, Malcolm. Well, good morning. How are you this Monday. morning? I'm doing fine. I uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to call and express my condolences to you on the loss of your grandson and my condolences to Ike Steen on the loss of his mother. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm sure he's thanking you, too. Yeah, uh, losing a grandchild is... uh, is, Man, uh, it's it's no pain like it. No, no, I I mean, I just... It's just... You can't even imagine. Losing a child is bad enough, but a grandchild, oh, Uh, my God. Yes, 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 and... So, Most uh, young people don't don't believe it again. Understand it. It's just something special, super special about your grandchildren. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's because that that uh, we, uh, they can go home with their mother and father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can act bad and terrible, <laughs> but you can lay back and just watch them because yes. you know they. You know, in, a, in an hour or two, they're going home. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best parent. Is a, the best parent to be is a grandparent. Yes, that's it. But anyway, I just wanted to call. <laughs> and I want to take up time on your show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a good topic, right. uh, as always. So. Well, I thank you. I thank you very much. You thank you take, very much. You just take care. Express, express my condolences to your family and, mm-hmm. and your children uh, as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Right, thank you very much. All righty. Hi. Uh-huh. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Jason? Let's go to Imani. All righty. Good morning, Imani. Good morning, Pastor and everybody. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. For the conditions, things around, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Because God still on the throne. Well, mm-hmm. I just I was just praying and I was listening and praying at your show at the same time and I was mm-hmm. oh I said God give me something to let these people know this morning. And I'm gonna tell you, we the cancer is us. We are the problem in a house built on sin and shame. Mm-hmm. This country was built on sin and shame. That's right. And this country Trump is not our problem. We are the problem. And when we wake up, I love Dr. Carl Anderson's book, Biwonomics, because he's telling us until we understand what racism really is, and until we understand that we weren't a part of the Constitution in the first place, right. we are not part of that. We were not even considered human beings. Excuse me? We were not considered human beings. No, sir. We were and three-fifths human. That's what they said in the Constitution, so... No, we not, wasn't a part of the founding of this country as as human beings to be treated. We were we were just like cows and horses and everything else. We were chattel people, chattel property, and we were someone else's property. When that man would would go to the auction box and buy us off, we were his property. 
He could do anything he wanted to us. And he did. Well, what we trying to do, I was at a meeting with council, two council people just yesterday, other, always a couple of weeks. And I had just, I wasn't bad at really lynch them. We really lynch each other all the time. Every time I talked to somebody, they were more concerned about turning down the council people than they were hearing the information. What hurt me Thursday when I was at the meeting, we meet every Thursday. I'm not going to call the councilman people out. And only thing doing good in our community is the funeral home. Look at the funeral home. They're doing mm-hmm. real good. Nothing else is doing any good in our community. Mm-hmm. And it, with last, last meeting of the day, it was just me and a Mexican girl left. And most important thing, it is police stealing. And nobody, me and a little Mexican, a little Spanish, Hispanic girl. I said, what is wrong with this? I go to the American Legion to speak. Pastor, we are the problem. Until we start loving each other, as we say we love God, the problem ain't going to go away. And that's for black and white. Trump is not going to be our savior, and what's the name not going to be our savior right now? Only us can save us. Well, here's what. And that's it. Have you ever noticed? You ever mm-hmm. noticed in the Bible? At the death of every king of Israel, there was always an appetite. He either did evil or good in the sight of the Lord. You read that before, haven't you? I know you have. You, you grew up in the church. I read the Bible a lot. But remember this. Remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. We are the council. We yeah. own the 12%, 41% of the people that own great America. It's black people. We own the 12%. That's per capita. We are dying faster because of our diet. We are dying because of everything. We're more worried about voting than we are eating right or exercising and doing things that come true. We are dying. We are actually committing genocide within ourselves in our own community. You don't, you don't think we should vote? Well, I voted. And I, I just said this time, we, I think this time last, if America don't vote, we, this might be our last one. I was in the war, and I'm going to tell you what, if we don't, we got to vote for stuff. Even uh, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Boss Watney, uh, communicated those days. This one we got to vote in. This might be the last one that, that we'll know. Uh, it, it won't be in America anymore. Because Mr. Trump, if he did it, he's going to do what they did if Hitler did. And he, and in fact, he studied Hitler. His granddaddy did. His daddy did. This guy is going and he's not going to just kill black people. He's going to kill poor people because capitalism is a system that will destroy the poor and, and, and keep the people at the top. So you're saying you're that black people, so you're saying we mm-hmm. should vote? Yeah, because Trump hates black people. Mm-hmm. And, and Biden, if Biden is not going to be the strong man, it, 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 nobody's going to save us for us. And I, I know we going to, I voted. So thank God I voted. I wasn't going to vote. But I've been here, I mean, I'm 72. When you've been a long time, I know the pictures do from a little old town where they call you Gene Word was always called. But I'm gonna tell you what, until we until we come together and you see it all the time, I listen. But see, it's saying it and doing it is different. Please come out to our meetings, support them, and don't tear the person down. We know people did the councilman did this, the councilman did that, they did that. No, what are we doing? So I I, I just apologize to the council people, I was there. And I've been going not to hurt each other, not to pull each other down, but to build each other up. This is what we do. 
we saw babies killing each other, winning each other, because of our differences, that we can't come together. The only thing that brings together is loving one another like we hate your God. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with you, Imani. I don't have nothing else to say. Yeah, I agree with you. That, that will, that's the key to our freedom, to our liberation, is, is, is unity. That's the key. And there's not enough unity in our community. We have to understand that. When we get to the point that we can unify and care for one another, watch out for one another, then we could be free. We are power to reckon with when we come as one unit. We be a power to be reckoned with. But as long as we're separate, we can be picked up. I'm going to talk about the American Legion. I'm going to ask say something how we bring our family together. I remember when I was in Vietnam, I got my first big battle. I, I was doing a lot of cool white boys, like Dr. King wasn't a bus for such a poor people over there. We went to war, we were drafted. The black dodgers didn't go. And the brother covered that we had, they didn't go because they had money, they didn't have to go. Mm-hmm. We had to go and go to jail, like Ali said. I remember mm-hmm. being in a battle, my first battle, and I remember that, well, we were so bad and so scary. Mm-hmm. I noticed that the day. The white guys, the white boys from all in the South and all four black boys. One time, when that battle started, we started getting like 60, got claymores. That, you know what I'm talking about, them other brothers. Mm-hmm. Claymores and all that grenades and all. We circled. But I didn't see them white boys being white boys. They didn't see me as being a black boy. You know, we used to say one boy, one military that's been trained to fight together. So we knew if we didn't, we'd we, all we did, we didn't save each other's life. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm asking. We are one people until we learn we, we try to stop the color code and look at each other as human beings, as under God, one nation. And then you can say this country is not, we're going to hell on a rocket ship. Had a, a president that had been in the military. Who was the last president we had that had been in the military? I've never, but here's the key. Yeah, you don't remember one? I know, I tell you, do my book on the radio, but we, I'm doing research. Everyone I'm born, the last three, was born in 19, Obama, was born in 1946. Think about this. The war, they born in time with the draft lottery started. I was drafted in 68. The draft started in 1969. All three of us guys went to college. Nobody knew what the hell went to college to get, except Clinton. He's the only one that, his homeboy up in Washington got him up in, uh, university. Got him a place to go. They, they deferred. All of them got determined in draft orders. Cloud, Carter, Donna raised all of them in 1977. Mm-hmm. Now they number We become poor and our family suffer while these guys become president. Capitalism do that. And all I'm right. not talking about the system, but the way the system's run is for, for the top, not the bottom. All you right. About they wouldn't have capitalism without labor. We are poor. All that's right. how they build that All right, thank you. Thank you for your calling comment. Thank There's you, a line, 972 647 1893. All right, do uh, we out of time? All right. Um, this, is this is Eric. Eric? All right. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Reverend Brennan. How you doing? Fine. How are you, sir? Well, fine. I just want to say some encouraging words for my training. I took a three vitamin yesterday, I ran a mile in 10 minutes. I did a set of 50 push-ups, two set of 40 push-ups, a set of 30 push-ups. I did a four set of 50 sit-ups, 
Uh, I did a three sets of uh, 25 minutes uh, squats, and uh, mm-hmm. I've been doing stuff like that all my life. You okay. did squats for 25 minutes? No, I mean 25 seconds. Oh. Three sets, 25 seconds squats, oh, okay. three vitals, three vitals. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I would like to say some curious things about a, a trainer man I never talk about. My amateur trainer, Oakley Boyle, saw his name is Taylor Albers. He's one of the greatest empty boxers to come out of Dallas in the 80s. He trained mm-hmm. me, Robert Bird, Brooke Kidd, people like Quincy Taylor. He fought for Hall of Fame of Curtis Post. Quincy won the title in, uh, in the 80s. And uh, I was I'm glad to be taught as a good amateur by him. And, uh, if it wasn't him, I wouldn't be in this same house, but I wouldn't be in this situation on me. And I, I mean, it sounds bad, but it's not. It came out to be positive. And uh, I thank you all for that. Uh, I thank a lot. I thank people. I thank I thank you all for Curtis Post being so inspiring to me to teach me teaching things that I know. I thank you, Angel, for being part of my life. And no person is part of my life. I've been in the Lord since I was 13 years old. His name was Turning William Jacob. That's my cousin. He's my double cousin. Mm-hmm. My great grandfather was a white guy. His name was Alvin Moore. Never met him. And I got pictures of him. And uh, my mother's name is Esther Jacob Spade. Spade is a married name. My step, I met my, she, she married my, she met my stepfather when she was nine months pregnant with me. He raised me. I called him dad. His own dad ever knew. Mm-hmm. He passed out. passed away by night. Yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. I thank you for your call, and uh, you can reach me at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. And we are back. You're back, and I'm discussing, thinking about. Let's think about the times in the 60s on back. Some of you, a lot of you listen, and just a few of you, it's a lot of you listen. You can remember the 60s on back. And there seems to be a cutoff in our information transferring in our community. See, when people don't really know things, they, 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 they can't grasp. They can't grasp just through seeing today how things were, what is it, 60s, 50 something years ago? 60 years ago? <laughs> that's, that's been a long time. But it's still been in the lifetimes of many listeners. They can't grasp. Some people would be shocked out of their wits, a lot of young people, to realize how things once was in this this country. Oh, they're far, far, far from being perfect now. Oh, Lord, it's a long ways. But let me tell you something, young people. We've come a long ways. And I'm not seeing, and I'm not warned 
that try to rest on my laurels. No. Fight just as hard now as I did back then. But people, you have to understand from which we came. They lose respect for their seniors. When they talk a certain way and say certain things, they think they're saying something smart. When they're not, they're not saying anything smart. They're just telling you how little knowledge they have. That's all. I could get on here and talk about the order of Democrats is terrible and they ain't done nothing. And, and most of you would go for it because you would be right in many ways. But there are many ways that we've come from a long way. Any grown folks out there listening to me? Any of you real grown folk out there listening? Give me a call. 972-647-1893. You grown folk. I want some of you grown folks to give me a call. Who have not forgotten from whence we came? All right, who do you have on the line, uh, Jason? We have a call from Beverly. All righty. Good morning, Beverly. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you this morning? I am fabulous this morning. Let me say this. Start out by saying this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Luther King um, left a, 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 a foundation for us. Now, what are we building on that foundation? Are we going to just let it go? Or are we going to continue to march on? Let me say. Let me back up before Martin Luther King. Jesus. Jesus was not a preacher. He was a teacher. He was teaching you how to to fit in with the government system. This is all benefiting for the government. See, he was, t- uh, this lady wrote me, some prophet lady, wrote me yesterday. I didn't even come in on it. Talking about that um, Jesus say, what's do uh, Caesar, give Caesar. Okay, Caesar is your government. Number one, these people need to understand what they're reading in their Bible. They need mm-hmm. to understand what they are reading in the Bible. Mm-hmm. They don't have a clue. And, and the 60 babies, a lot of them didn't grow up in the church. My, I tell people, the church I came from, East Dallas was deep. And they taught us like Martin Luther King then was teaching those people up that part of the South. Mm-hmm. Well, here, here's what you are recording. Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar unto God, that which is the Lord's. Uh, and that's what he was teaching. He was teaching, be watchful on both sides of that coin. Remember, they were looking at a coin. That coin did have some earthly authority because God was and is interested in the governments of the world. What he set up himself all over the world. He've allowed and he have chastised. He yeah, blessed government. He destroyed governments. And when we see how God operates, he says the governments of the world shall rest upon his shoulders. He never do away with government. Because any time you have a people that doesn't have government, all you have you is have anarchy. You don't have order. Exactly. No, you have, you're have. you right. You have nothing but anarchy. But you have to understand it. Go, go right ahead. Go on, save it. America was built off of corrupt 
Oh, they, yeah. have, they don't value life the way we do. We are dealing with thugs. We are not dealing with decent human beings. You're right. Mm-hmm. We're not dealing with that. And when we, when we finally realize we are dealing with the wolves and the sheep skins, they, the law only applies to, uh, to protect them and it's against us. Now, did and the I, Bible warn us about certain people not to trust? Prophecies, and that's what they are. Yeah, but there's something, a greater name that gives you exactly who they are, but we we still deal with them, still look to look to a, a better day. They're called Gentiles. That's I'll just, right. absolutely right. I'll absolutely just give right. you the word. And I, see, a lot of people don't well. understand, mm. don't understand and have not really studied the Bible it tells us everything that's happening to us. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Let me say this also, mm-hmm. Pastor Barnett. Mm-hmm. Uh, Republicans always come in. They don't. They have money. They don't have. They're not decent human beings. They money talk for them. They don't know how to. They don't have a clue of how to do anything. Now we've been stuck with this president for almost four years. I'm gonna say four. And he he didn't like the Obamacare when he came in there. But he never had a plan or a clue to fix this stuff. He wants to talk his way through. It's time out for talking. It's time for us to start doing. And if they can't make this system work for everybody, now he wants to. He don't care about nothing but money. I just check it out. All of them. The football coach owners and all of this. It's all about the Benjamin for them. Now, when they make this system where everybody can participate and it accommodate everybody, we can eliminate some of this stuff, but that's not right. And that's why we have to, you know what? I'll say it again. How long are we going to keep going around this same old mountain? Yeah. Well, see, the thing about it is, to be honest about the whole situation, capitalism cannot work being fair to everybody and putting everybody on the same level. In order for capitalism to work, you have to have an upper class and a lower exactly. class. That's you don't really need the middle class and really what he's really wanting to get rid of right now is the middle class. See, Trump doesn't care anybody think about anybody. That's not super wealthy. They pay people to work for them. The rich folks, that's what they do. Obama Mm -hmm. coming here and did up that Obamacare. He told Congress because they treated him so dirty. He said, now you have a job to do. They they can't sit nothing, do nothing but just keep up chaos. That's all they good for. If the Democrats have to come in to bail us out of this stuff. And then he even came in here and took us all the way back and then put this coronavirus out here and made trying to kill Obamacare. Are we serious? Yeah. Here's what. Trump wants to destroy every legacy that Barack Obama would have. You see, as it stands now, I'm sure with this this new uh, judge that they're going to put on the Supreme Court, they're going to kill Obamacare. They're going to do disrupt Social Security. There are a lot of things they're going to do to take away social programs. And on top of that, Take away any program that will look that will go back to Barack Obama because they do not want the legacy of a black man to linger on in this country like other things have. So he's really more or less want to destroy Barack Obama's legacy. Okay, let me say it this way: Abraham Lincoln. Why is his why is his picture on the brown penny? 
<laughs> well, come on now. Yeah. People, we need to wake up. We need to get out here. We need to vote and put yeah. the business aside. Let's handle this thing. We can do this. If we can take the White House, we can take it out. This is the only way we need to learn this stuff. This is the only way we're going to be able to make some changes out here. Sitting back talking about it, I, I may not have voted, but I've always had a plus in what I what the society offered around here. I was put here to help people, not tear us down. All right, now, thank you for your call and coming. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Jason? We have a call from Alan. Good morning, Alan. You know, good morning. Yes. I said I listen to you every morning, and honestly, every Saturday that I can. And I'm mm. really honest with thank you. Thank you. Reason being, sir, out of all due respect, it's the same thing every time. You know, we deal with these Democrats. You said here they've never done. Okay, we got the civil rights back back in when Johnson was there. Other than that, we have Barack Obama for eight years. You talk about his legacy. What is his legacy? Since he can get married. That's well, now let's let's be fair. Let's be fair. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is it? The Republicans is trying to steal. For from you right now. You're not trying to steal nothing from me because yes, I have medical insurance. Are you a white man? No, I'm not. I'm a black man. Well, they're trying to steal your right to vote. They're not trying to steal my right yes, to vote. Yes, they are. If I want to vote, I get my ass out to bed. No, you might. You might. But they are making it as difficult as possible for you to vote. Just the right that we gone all over the world and fought and and destroyed and bombed and everything and died. They're trying to, that, that, that thing we said that democracy and all of this we want worldwide. They're trying to keep that from us in America. Anybody who can't see that they're trying to steal this election. Believe me. They're trying to steal it. They don't, they have other things, the electoral college, they got different things like that. But, when it comes to voting, when it comes to treating this like a, a true democracy, they don't want that because you've grown too numerous and you've grown given some power. You say you have the same power as a billionaire. Your vote counts just like he is. And they're trying to take away your vote. Forever, if you want to vote, get up, go vote. It's as simple as that. We're the only people in the world. Something's got to be delivered to us. Can't do this. No, the yeah. vote is not delivered to us. No, no, no. We we vote. We do less. We want to vote by mail. We we we, we mail. do less mail voting than anybody on earth. We do. Now we go to the polls. Now we do this, but they're trying to disrupt everything they can to take this election away. From us. Open your eyes, man, and see what's going on. All right. We had Rock on Lock for eight years. If you wasn't from Central America, and if you wasn't gay, he didn't do nothing for you. He told the president black caucus, quit whining. Okay, now why is it that they, they, they're trying to put this lady Barrett on the, on the Supreme Court? Because the main thing they want to do with her is to get her to kill that 
that uh, that health care act that Barack Obama got passed. Don't know if she's gonna do that. Huh? Don't know if that woman's gonna do that. She said she talked against it the, uh, the last three years. She's been talking against that. That's why Trump uh, uh, chose her and trying to get her in there before the election and everything. There are certain things this man wants to destroy that we take for granted. And it's not granted that it, because it can be changed by another administration or by the Supreme Court. These things can be changed. And he's doing this right before your eyes and we don't see it. Reverend, once again, we don't know what this woman's going to vote for. And we don't know which direction she's going to go. Barack Obama walked his butt out of the White House with 200-something vacancies on, on, on district courts, on federal district courts. Yes, because the, the, that's because the Republican Senate would not pass those federal judges. See, we have, to, we have to vote for more than just the president. We need a new Senate. Okay. Yeah, we always need something. Well, I tell you, very hard to be black. You always need something. The only people that always need Who do you think caused it to be so hard, or make it so hard to be black? Partially, I think it's tough. To be honest with you. No, no. No, you don't know. Obviously, brother, you don't know who you are. That's why you don't know why you catch so much hell. If you, if you, no, yeah, you catch hell. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You, if you're black, you catch hell. If, if, if you knew who you were, you'd understand why hell come your way. And then you change your course and do the one thing we need to do is unite. Not rather divide ourselves. One wants to be elite, wants to want to be over this and over that. That's our problem. We're divided people. We need to work together as one unit. Once again, we had a black character for eight years. Did not do it for us. Wait a minute. He did what a president could do. I agree. There are a lot of things we would wanted him to do, but without the Senate and the Congress, we don't go nothing. The child of the went through. But that's what we cared about. Sir, you got other people. We can agree to disagree. What president have done anything for us? Which one? Which, which has been the best president for the black man? Right now, I feel like this right here. Well, yeah, Jackson, I, I get that. You I give Lyndon Johnson that credit? Jackson gave us the civil rights. I, I would, I would what else he, he give us? He didn't really give it to us. We put him in office, and he responded to the voting power that we had. He even said himself, they've lost the South forever when they voted the civil rights bill in but he also gave you a voting rights bill, which did away with poll taxes here in Texas. He also gave you an open housing bill to help you live where you wanted to live. There were other things he done, but I'm up against a sharp break. I hate to run, but I gotta take this break. All right. I'm All right, we're back and ready for our number two. Our church information and open forum. You can reach us at 972-647-1893. And we'd like to welcome to our KNON hotline this morning. Good morning to 
United States Congresswoman, Miss Eddie Bernice Johnson. Good morning, Congresswoman. Good morning. How are you this morning? Okay, I've been listening to you. <laughs> oh, you've been listening to this? <laughs> yes. Well, let me say this. I'm one, uh, Congresswoman Johnson. I lived during the, all of the 50s, all of the 60s. I can remember sometimes here that a lot of people that are alive today wouldn't believe the way it had once been in this country. And they say uh, the Democrats haven't done anything. And they say, and they, they mean well. They, they, and I know there's more that the Democrats and everybody could do. But to have lived in this country with Jim Crow, uh, We've come a long ways. We got a long way to go, but we've come a long ways. What do you? How do you feel about that? We have indeed come a long ways, uh, a very long ways. There are times when I think that we don't take advantage of where we have come. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But and I and and it, and you, I think your answer was quite appropriate to say Lyndon Johnson was one of the best presidents we've ever had because yes. he did civil rights and housing and education, mm-hmm. even the program. It was Kennedy that talked about the space program, mm-hmm. but it was Lyndon Johnson that implemented it. He right. got head start. Mm-hmm. All of the things that we have taken for granted now mm-hmm. uh, came with a struggle. Mm-hmm. And you're right, we lost the South. The Democrats lost the South, and all those well, Southerners can't be Republicans after that, after Lyndon Johnson. Yeah. Well, he said he knew once he got that civil rights bill passed that we've lost the South forever. He said that himself, and he wasn't lying. He told the truth. But, That's right. But I'm That's not. Right. I'm not ashamed to give a person credit for the things that they've done. I'm not either. I try to do it all the time because he did it. And he did it with a struggle, mm-hmm. and he did it uh, at the expense of being a president one more time. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and they, they put it on. They put it on the war, but the war was right here in the United States. Mm-hmm. They run again because he lost the South. Yeah. And the people that voted with him, if they stayed in office, they switched to be Republicans. Yeah. Al Gore's father was one of those people that served a lot of the southern senators mm-hmm. that went along with him that lost their political careers. But uh, I tell you what, uh, Congresswoman, uh, one of the finest senators we've, we've ever had. We don't give him as much credit as we should because he was a very good senator. What did you think of Ralph Yarbrough? Ralph Yarbrough was very good. He fought some pipes. And, t- and he also put the message out there. Sometimes I think that we don't realize <laughs> just where we have come mm-hmm. in a relatively short period from slavery. That's right. They had to mm-hmm. fight for every step. And mm-hmm. then we have been the ones not to go heavily enough to sometimes keep it. Mm-hmm. And it's constantly under attack. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it, it, it's been 
uh, I don't know. Uh, we, we got people today who didn't live in that era, uh, who says nothing. We did very little. We didn't do much. It was, I mean, no, we didn't do enough, but to have lived the way we had no human dignity. You could travel on the road and I never forget my first Bible race when we were traveling. We pull up to a gas station and I went over and used the water fountain and everybody started screaming and howling. I was a little bitty boy. And they said, now you can't use that. You can't use it. And I didn't understand what was going on. But it was a white only sign there. You know, just yes. the indignities, you know, <laughs> that we had to go through with. Well, when I was coming along, uh, you had to have big cars because they had to be a hotel, restaurant. Yeah. It, everything you needed, you better have it in car. your car. That's right. I, uh, you know, way back during the Green Book, and a lot of African Americans don't even realize what the Green Book was. Mm-hmm. That was book where, places where you could stop mm-hmm. yeah. throughout the country. So, uh, when I think about all the things that we have achieved, not enough, but we have had to fight for every step of it. That's right. Nothing was truly given to us. We earned everything. And even Lyndon Johnson and all, hey, he was, he was voting. He, he worked for his constituency that voted for him. And to help to get him into the White House, and uh, the things that uh, that that just came about, uh, just dismissed that era. Said nothing really came down in doing that era. We we we'd be making a grave mistake to dismiss that era as being nothing. But I'm That's right. but I'm hearing too often. Oh, they never did nothing for us. They never. That's that's uh, that's a saying now. I would like for somebody to explain to me what the Republicans have done. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you. Yeah. Uh, They've they given us Trump. <laughs> you want to know what they've done? They, it, 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 they gave you Ronald Reagan. Uh, we struggle to keep what we have under them. We, we, we have gone backwards. Yeah. Just look how hard he's trying to make it for us to vote and to have the vote counted. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to take away your right to vote. Now, I know uh, that, that, that that poll tax was done away with in, uh, what, 61. And uh, that dollar seventy five to for a lot of people, that was a whole lot of money back in, in, uh, back in those days to just have the voting rights. To say we have the right to vote for free in this country. To me, uh, them trying to steal that right, that, that's, that's an atrocity. You know the voting rights was not repealed in Texas until Oscar Mullins carried the bill. That's right. And that was after 61. Now, on a, on a, on a United States of uh, federal law, mm-hmm. uh, when the voting rights came in 65, uh, it, it, it ruled it out. Mm-hmm. Still, the states had to pass the law in order for it to be removed. Mm-hmm. And so it still took a while. 
just like it takes a while for civil rights, or we're still fighting to get voting rights. Mm-hmm. That's, that passed back in the 60s. And 65. what is it, it's ever so often that that thing has to be renewed ever so often. Uh, well, I think uh, right, all portions of it. Yes. Um, and we, we passed it in the House several times, but we can't pass it, get, get it in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I tell you what, I got callers. I, I'm going to put some callers on and let them talk to you. They want to talk to you. Uh, give, bring us up some calls. Okay, we have a call from Kay. Kay, all righty. Good morning, Kay. Good morning. Good morning. I'm a first-time caller from Fort Worth. Yes, go right ahead. You're on with Congresswoman Johnson. Hi, Congresswoman Johnson. Um, I just had a, a couple of questions. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm confused at this point. What is going on with Senator West and this Hagar lady? Because I know that she won the race, but then I listened to, you know, Robert Ashley a lot, and then it's another commercial on supporting John Cornyn. So isn't that a divide and conquer tactic? What I don't know what to do. You know, I vote for everything, small elections, big elections. And so I'm kind of confused because I thought the the uh, ultimate goal was to get John Cornyn out of office. And then a, a quarter of Senator West, now uh, the commercial is saying don't vote for her. I don't know what to do. That's one question that I had. And uh, again, I'll just hang up and listen because I don't have to discuss anything. The other thing that I wanted to uh, bring up is that the, um, the the administration of the Supreme Court, you know, they, they say they want to roll back Roe versus Wade. Okay, this, you know, the abortion thing, I understand that. But what about the same-sex marriage thing? I mean, that's kind of like hypocritical. If you're going to roll back one, roll back the other. And, and then uh, Pastor Burnett, what about... You know, it would be a like, you know, you have a throwback day. A lot of these people that are supporting this ridiculous administration and think that they have arrived because we can now go into the front door. They need a throwback day for people like that guy named Curtis that call and let them see how they would feel having to go through the back door. Let them really see that. And then I heard on the news that uh, Trump repealed the environmental thing that President Obama did about the coal mines, and, and now chemicals can flow back into the water system. So if you all just kind of talk about that, then I'll just listen. Okay, thank you for your call and comments. Uh, you, you, gave, you put a, quite a bit on the plate for Congresswoman Johnson. <laughs> Do you remember all of that? Well, first of all, it's unfortunate that I think... Uh, We've had that discussion uh, on whether or not to vote for Corning or to vote for uh, M.J. Hager. Uh, unfortunately, we had a tough primary in that race, and, and Royce West was quite angry uh, because he felt that uh, he didn't get a fair chance or something. But let me just say this. All you got to do is look at Corning's record. He has never, ever supported anything that we stand for. Now, I think that out of uh, Senator West's anger, he made the statement, a uh, negative statement toward Hager, and Corning grabbed it quickly and made it a part of his commercial, which hurts our people, frankly, 
Uh, I, I just hate to see any confusion come from old coming out of that uh, anger uh, that was expressed against the woman because she did prevail in the primary. And I'd, I'd like to see her prevail in the general because she would be a great deal of improvement over Carney. Yes, sure would. <laughs> now, Carney, I, I work with Carney. He's, he's good at coming and smiling with you when he wants something done. And he'll tell you what you want to hear, but he doesn't carry it out. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, we thank you. All right. That curves the line, 972-647-1893. Uh, who do we have, Jason? Our next call comes from Billy. All righty. Good morning, Billy. How you doing, sir? Fine. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Congressman Johnson, before I ask you this question, I, I want to share some with Pastor Barnett. That young man is somebody who hates who he is and knows who he ain't, he ain't never going to be. So just wash him off and go on about your business. Uh, Congressman Johnson, this is what people don't understand, and if you could clear it up for them. President Obama acted according to the law. That wasn't nothing he did. He acted according to the law. But he's being blamed for all the things that look negative. Now, the next thing is, he dug us out of a hole. I'm talking about a hole that it would have took us, I don't know how long, to get out of the pandemic for him. But people don't want to give him credit for that. But this is what I want you to uh, answer for me. Why do y'all get to find out whether that president had corona or not, or do, or that is that some kind of trumped up thing? Because two things that I believe. I believe that if he loses his election, if he can get that woman on the court, He's going to try to reverse the election. And if he gets in, he's going to try to get that woman to to write an order where a president don't have to be elected anymore so he can be like Putin. I mean, this is my thing. Now, the guy over there in France said he almost died. But then when he come out money, people start to like him. That's what Trump cool. He ain't had no coronavirus. So I wish you would. Clear folks up on a lot of stuff about these kind of things and stop people who look like us but don't think like us from acting ignorant because they ain't said nothing about that Clarence Thomas who wrote off a front of action and ain't wrote nothing else since Okay. Can you, can you elaborate on that? <laughs> well, I can tell you I, I know why I'm a Democrat. And I don't think there's a perfect party. I think any party we're in, we've got to participate in a very strenuous way in order to make sure that we are heard. Because if people can get by without a struggle to help, they will. We Not only do we have to hold white people accountable, we have to hold black people accountable, too, to make sure that they don't forget where they are. Uh, you know, a, a number of people have done well with great opportunities. And we have to make sure they remember that those opportunities have come with the help of the efforts of people who support us and us. I remember very well 
when Robert Johnson, who started BET, worked on the Hill as a staffer. I remember very well that my first job after the uh, Carter administration was working in the cable business. And I went to him and talked with him and got him thinking about cable. And he became a very well, the first black billionaire in this country during my lifetime. And now he is saying because he wants to protect his taxes, he's not going to endorse Biden and might not vote for him. Hmm. Because he doesn't want to give up his taxes. Well, it's a long way from Mississippi to becoming a billionaire. Yeah. And if you are a billionaire, you do have some responsibility to share with people that don't have it. That's where we get <laughs> Uh, we wouldn't have the, the programs and services that we need, and we're in a shape now where the more money we spend to try to get people out of this hole in a situation that they had nothing to do to cause it with this pandemic, we're, we're deficit spending. So uh, as soon uh, as we... Congresswoman, I'm up, up against a break, and uh, I tell you what... Uh, you want to put that one on hold and come back to him or go to another one? Okay, either way. Okay. Uh, just take it. Let's take a break. Our fading. All of us have our ups and downs. You better think about it or you won't be around. All right. We're back in. We're still on with Congresswoman Johnson. All righty. Uh, Congresswoman, if you'd like to go ahead or uh, uh, explain that, we can go to another call, either one you want. Well, we could go to another call. I don't know, know that she can finish talking about something like that in a short period of time. <laughs> I know. I know. All righty. Let's go to another call. Give me another. All right. I have a call from Kevin. Kevin. All righty. Good morning, Kevin. Yes, go right ahead. You're on with Congresswoman Johnson. I'll be real quick. Um, I think, well, I'm going to vote for Biden, not because I like him, because I think it's probably the best of two, uh, the least of two evils. But what I would, would like to say is this. Whether you vote for the Democrats or whether you vote for the Republicans, Neither party has the best interest of black people in mind. You know, we've had at one time the Republicans was a party of choice and they sold black people out. Now you have the Democrats. What we need to do is become familiar with issues. One of the things that I know that all of the people up there are accepting money from these lobbyists. That has to stop. They should not be accepting a dime from them. If someone is paying you for something, they're paying you because they want you to, to vote or support their agenda. And that's not being neutral. You have to be neutral in your thing. And one last thing I will say, I feel like there should be term limits because too many times we have people who are there for too long. And if they're there, within a certain period of time and they have not accomplished what they need to do, then they need to 
move over and allow someone else to come in. Now, that's not being disrespectful. We, those people that's there, that's not to say that they don't shouldn't get out, but they should be teaching these young people who have a lot of energy and years ahead of them to come in and take over and pick up and, and pick up the baton and carry on the race. Once you get out, then you can take your expertise and come into the private sector or whatever and then teach people on what they need to do to get their vote across or get their agenda across. One last thing I'll no, say. No, could, could we uh, end right there because I have a lot of calls. Uh, okay, we'll do that. We'll Thank see you. respond to you. Yeah. Congresswoman, you want to respond to that? Yes, I want to respond to that. First of all, I want to know how much money has he given to a candidate that he wants to go in. You cannot run a race without paying for everything you do. If you are in office, you got enough judgment to know where to take contributions from. Mm-hmm. And if you get a contribution that you can agree with them, you send it back. I've never gotten a contribution from the NRA, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know pretty what people know who they support based on what the person supports. But the one thing that African Americans don't realize is that everybody has to run a race and everybody has to make sure that you get services while you're in. You got to pay for an office. Uh, you got to do a lot of services for people and none of that is free. When you get those contributions, that's what you use to help get information out, to do activities. And let me assure you that I appreciate every penny I get from my people, but it's not much. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want everybody to remember how much, they, who's listening, to remember how much they give and to remember how much it takes to stay in office. Now, I've never had television. I never bought television because I could never afford it. But I tried to work so that people would know that I was willing to work for them. Mm -hmm. And so I don't take uh, that as a personal slam. What I take it as is somebody who don't know what they're talking about. Uh, And we do have term limits. I have to run every other year. And if people don't want to vote for me, that's their right. Senators have to run every six years. And they have to go at the way in the middle of one of those now. That controversy between West and, uh, and Corning and Hager. Mm-hmm. That's because he's running again. That's a term limit. Mm-hmm. I can stay in office longer than two years at a time. People have to vote you back in. And so if, if people feel that, that, that you're not the one, they usually have a choice to vote for somebody else, and that's the right that everybody has. Yep. I appreciate the support I've gotten because I can tell you this. There are no miracle workers. In the House, you're working with 435 people from all over the country. In the Senate, you're working with 100. If I could have gotten everything I went for in two years, I've been ready to leave, but it's been a struggle every day. I've been there to try to stand up for people. The lady from Fort Worth just talked about the environmental laws. We worked hard to get environmental laws put in place, and this president has has done everything he could and has put people in place to unravel them. And you know who it hurts? It hurts our people. Mm-hmm. Look at that single mountain out here this lady's had to live with. All of that is because the laws that he has weakened 
doesn't give you much of a backbone or a, a clarity to address it. You've got to know what's going on around you in order to speak intelligently and think intelligently about what it takes to bring about a change. We got the Civil Rights Act, the Voters' Rights Act back in 1965 and 1966. We are still struggling to make it real. Mm -hmm. If I could have gone in there and made it really real in two years, I would have been happy to do that. When I was chair of the Black Caucus, I worked very hard day and night to get it renewed, and we did. But the southern sector of this nation brought it to the Supreme Court, and they struck down a major section. And since that time, our voting rights have not been as protected. We're still trying to get, and now they're stacking at Supreme Court to make sure that it does not get back in there. And every time you open your eyes, there are efforts going on to keep you from voting and to keep your vote from being counted. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see that, then I don't know what color you are. Because even white people can see it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are so right. All right. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Jason? We have a call from David. David? All righty. Good morning, David. How you do, sir? How are you? Oh, I got peace of mind, Reverend Barnett. You know that. Mm-hmm. But Reverend Barnett, you hit it on the head on the nail <laughs> when you said Gentile. Mm-hmm. As long as you are Democrat and a Republican, that's a Gentile form of government. We had a party called the Freedom Party, and if all of us belonged to the Freedom Party, we wouldn't be a house divided. But the Dictocrats did away with the Freedom Party in 1881. And as long as you are a Democrat and a Republican, and see, when you are a Democrat, you're saying that you are ex-slave, which they call is a plebeian, and if you're in a Republican form of government, the ex-slave is called a helot. You ain't, we ain't gonna never be united until we get back to Freeman Party, where people like you, uh, Ms. Johnson, can represent us fully as the Freeman Party. Are oh, you going to be a half divided? What does the Bible say about the half divided? I mean, the common sense tell us that now. I'm 75 years old. See, I come from that time period, and I ain't got no amnesia. Until we do that, you can't get united being with this white man and this white boy here, and we arguing over what white boy to put in the office, that this one's going to treat us better, and this one's going to do this one for us. We ain't going to never have that until well, we get our own sparkles. I, I hate to interrupt but let me say this. If we counted everybody in this country and counted black people, we wouldn't make over 12%. We have a constitution that demands a majority to change anything, and in some cases a supermajority. We can't have a party independent of the rest of the nation and think we're going to get anything done. I think that's the way we're operating now. I think that if we just act with black people, we'll get something done. That's the struggle. We 
you constantly looking for somebody to join with us to get what we need because it takes a whole lot more than 12%. Well, I, I haven't had no problem with no president that they put in. They put in a Democrat or Republican. Me and my family survived throughout all of this segregation, immigration, and all of that. I have survived. I don't need, I don't care who gets in the office. And voting, this is the last time y'all gonna vote because of Republican, Democrat. See, I know the history of, 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 of this. This, this everything. It ain't nothing that I don't know the history about. It ain't got a book on it. At Maryland College, they had a book called What is Wrong with the Federal Government? This government, I got that book. That's a very interesting book. You should, if you would read what they would say, what's wrong with this government, you ain't that. We well, can go and freely do away with voting. You, you vote for your last All right. Uh, we, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Meatball, for your, your comment. We thank you. All right. Here we have, uh. Up next, we have a call from Casey Thomas. All right. Good morning, Councilman. Councilman Thomas. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Okay. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Well, thank you for your leadership and you gave a great intro speech. For our next second lady, uh, Dr. Jill Biden, the other day. But what I want to ask is one: What do you think of the chances in that U.S. House District 24 race with Candace Venezuela? And then, secondly, what can we do? We've had a tremendous early voting turnout. What do you think we can do to keep people engaged, keep them inspired, so we get more people to turn out the same way they have during this first week of early voting? Well, I guess we have to keep doing what we have been doing, and that's basically a lot of telephoning. Uh, but we've not been able to get a lot of the personal contact. Uh, there's been a lot of texting and a lot of emails and a lot of calls. And so I think we've taken advantage of what we can do to educate people. And then if people are just living every day, and recognize that voting is the only thing that's going to improve that, I think that's motivation enough to go for the polls and vote. I hope that we will continue to have a good turnout because I do want to see a change in this nation's leadership. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'll see you in the next Yes. All righty. We thank you for your calling comment. All righty. Uh, we, uh, we have a call from Gerald. Gerald. All righty. Good morning, Gerald. Good morning, Brother Burnett. How are you? And uh, Congressman Bernice Johnson. Ms. Johnson, can I, can I ask you a personal question? You know, I've had a loving mother who was very spiritual, tried to teach us the ways of everything in spirituality. Of course, me being the same that I am, I'm like, wow, you know. And then my grandmother, she was very spiritual as well, but she was uh, down to the ground that you better do something. Can we call you Grandma Bernice Johnson? Because you remind me of both of them. Very loving women. Because you had a, you had an ump about you that is so 
soaked through and, 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 and wholesome. I mean, I learned a lot from you just hearing you over the radio, just seeing the posters up and everything. And Brother Burnett, he is the same as well. I learned a lot from you at my 53 years of age. Mm-hmm. Uh, it brings me out of my heart here to listen to you. Mm-hmm. I want to do something politically. Very much like uh, Mary Eggers. Getting people to vote. And I hope I haven't, I'm not too late. It's something I want to do before I leave here. And this saying is in my head that was put in my mind is such that it's on my mind now that a person is not ready to go until they really. Yeah, do you have a question for Congresswoman Johnson? My time is running yes, out. Yes, I do. What, uh, uh, more or less, what, what can we do about the homelessness and getting people to vote? And also on the agenda for electing officials as a black community. Can we get the ground to them that they, that they, uh, make a pledge, that they accept the pledge that they would do this? Such as uh, voting for the gift of black mm-hmm. to become wholesome citizens. Okay, wonderful. And I thank you for your call. And Congresswoman Johnson will be on top of that because we're up against a break right now. And we'll only have 10 minutes left for Congresswoman Johnson. All right. In our last segment, we have about uh, eight minutes uh, with Congresswoman Johnson. All right, who do we have on the line, Jason? We have a call from Maxie Johnson. All right, good morning. This is uh, Councilman Maxie Johnson and our school board trustee, Maxie Johnson. Good morning. Good morning, Reverend Burnett. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing wonderful. You're on with Congresswoman Johnson. Congresswoman, God bless you this morning. You know I love you dearly. Uh, I want to ask a question. Uh, how do you feel? Two questions. How do you, what do you think we need to do as a, to get our young people more engaged with turning our politics and especially voting in this particular election? And I do want to be sure, uh, you know, how you feel about the Dallas guys who bomb proposal that we have. Of course, you know, it's happened a lot of schools in the southern sector. So we want to be sure to put on that. And again, thank you for everything that you're doing for our community and for our state, our city. Well, thank you very much. Your first question, uh, how do we get young people involved? Uh, it is, uh, it is everybody's push on a daily basis in order to do that. And I realize that there are people who feel that they're working too much and, and, and too busy and can't do it. But it's everybody's job to make sure that young people understand the importance of participation. Uh, you know, when we worked to get the voting rights and the civil rights, uh, it was a difficult struggle. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we've got to be able to make sure that we take advantage of those rights. If it was easy, we never, we wouldn't have had to work to get the privilege to do it. 
if they wanted us to be a part of the system, we wouldn't have had to work to get it done so we could be a part of the system. So now that we can be a part, the greatest weapon you have for injustice is to vote and to be involved and not sit around and make sure that and think that there's somebody else's job. It's everybody's job to talk about being involved. And the earlier we can start with young people to explain to them the importance, the better. Now, the second thing is on the uh, the, the school uh, election. I have voted. I voted for every one of those measures because unless we educate our kids, we don't really have a future. The future rests with the young people, and they must be educated. It is just as bad to have an uneducated white kid as it is to have an uneducated black kid. And when you talk about being involved, that's usually where our kids get the first message in history as well as responsibility civically is through school. But that's also where we get our skills. And let me assure you that I think that what the school board has voted to send out to us is a magnificent package because what we have to realize is that we've got to upgrade wherever we are. We're in another age from where many of these schools were built. we got to have broadband. And, and we, we see the lack of uh, broadband availability right now with this pandemic when we can't reach all of the... Uh, we have got to keep pace with the opportunities for our young people, for them to keep up and learn what their responsibilities are. So I wholeheartedly support measures to improve education for all children. That is our future, unless we educate them. And you see how hard it is just with these calls to educate people, to be in touch with people. We have to start early in life, and education goes the rest of your life. And so I really hope that people see the need to upgrade. If anybody needs to upgrade, it is our people. You know why? Because of prejudice, we have not always had the opportunities in the areas where we concentrate that others. Because in some areas, the parents have the means to supplement by giving to that particular school to get certain uh, available technologies and other equipment to make education a little easier. We can't do that, at least we don't do that in our own area. So we have to depend on the taxpayers to put the money in to bring these schools forward. A good example, we have two wealthy municipalities in the city of Dallas, but they don't offer, they're not the city of Dallas, they're called Highland Park and University Park. There's never a big struggle when they get ready to advance. There's never a big struggle when they get ready to put another high-tech building in there because they pull together their money. That's because they have more means than we have. We have to, it's the public's responsibility. It's the voters' responsibility. And we don't have the means to put into the school, which makes their education opportunities superior to ours. And the majority of them are white, so they're going to get what they need. We've got to make sure the taxpayers come together a little at a time 
to put in the pot to make sure our kids have an opportunity. And that's what a bond election is all about. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. All right, we thank you. Thank you for your call. How did we have about two minutes? Uh, Congresswoman, I tell you what, uh, we just about, we're out of time. Uh, the last Saturday before the election, uh, can you come on for, if there's no more than just for a few minutes, it's, uh, help us to get the vote out. I will do my best. Let's see what, like that last Saturday before the election, okay, I'll put that on my calendar. Okay, please do. Please do. Because we have got to get people to go to the polls. We have, they seem to be going well, but we don't want to lose the momentum we got going to really get people out and get the vote out. I agree, and I appreciate you bringing it out because our only real hope is to be a part of the system. If we don't vote, we get what we deserve. Yes. If we vote, we we get what we deserve. So I hope that we will vote so that we will get what we desire. (laughs) That's that's the thing we want. That's right. Mm -hmm. We've got, got to rely on that voting. To get us where we're trying to go. Yeah. All right. I want to thank you, and I want to thank all of you for calling. I'm sorry we can't you know, I get to uh, all of our, rarely ever we get to all of our calls anyway, but today we're really not getting as many as we uh in on the line as we could, but it's just we're coming up to I've never seen an election like this in my life. All the years I've been been on this earth and all the years I've been voting, I've never seen an election coming up like this one. This one truly is probably the most important election of our lifetime. All righty. Congresswoman Johnson, we thank you. We thank you for being a part of the program. We got to get out of here. Got to run. We're going to hear more about uh, young lady Ariel Davis Holloway. And, uh, well, she's a psychologist and she will We'll be hearing from her pretty soon, hearing. And like to say good morning to Jackson. Good morning, Jackson. I saw you at the restaurant, and I'll tell you, I'll give you a shout-out. So good. You have a good day, Jackson. So y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye-bye. Yep, yeah. Here we go.